The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out cybionicscgm.com. How's it going? It's Owen here, and this is a bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast, Redefining Diabetes. Every week, we'll dip back into the episode archive and get you to think and reflect once more about some of the things we've learned from the podcast over the last few years. It could be some diabetic wisdom, advice, a great guest, or even a hypo story. So enjoy this bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast. So how has your responsibility physically with diabetes in relation to the injections and the blood checking uh-huh. and just taking it all on board, which you obviously still have to do as a yeah. parent. But how has that changed from when Oliver was younger, say the age of six to now when he's in his young teens? Um, I think, like I say, I try to take the pressure off him by doing as much of it I can. He's never really let me inject him uh, physically. He's always done that. Sometimes we'd do some when he was younger, but I'm still doing everything I did when he was young I'm still I me or his dad have to suggest you need to do your blood or um we're careful how we word that <laughs> so it don't feel like a demand to him but we've got to put the if we didn't initiate it it wouldn't happen and, and it, we tried giving him control and he'd go two or three days with no insulin at all uh, which obviously ain't good so we have to prepare his meter prepare the insulin pen, get the insulin <clears throat> restocked. We have to do everything. Carb count. It does it can carb count and it can do it accurately, it does not. Um, but it's just not interested. So I'm just seeing it that we're taking some pressure off him by by helping. I often think about it again from my own experience and due to the fact that because I was nineteen I Mm-hmm. I kind of skipped those teen years as a diabetic. Yeah. Like I think of how difficult that must be because I obviously went through that phase of yeah. you know, the rebellious teenager, not wanting to do what my parents say, yeah. not following any of their advice. But because I wasn't diabetic yet, yeah. my blood sugar didn't suffer because of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so tough. What's his, and I know you mentioned that he has another diabetic friend. Yeah. What's his experience or what's his relationship like with his other f- diabetic friend? Do they um, talk about their diabetes? Is that part no, of their friendship? No, we used to, I mean, we are heavily involved in type 1 community locally and we've always gone to meetups and, you know, JDRF events were brilliant. 
Um, we were fortunate, and this sounds horrible, and we have discussed it with the other parent, but three months after he was diagnosed, another boy in his class at school got diagnosed, which in a way was the best thing that could have happened to both Oliver and his friend Sam. So we had three months. It was horrible for three months with no support. We'd not met any other, and it was just before Christmas when he got diagnosed. So we went through that first two or three months of winter totally on our own and feeling lost and I'd cry at three o'clock in the morning because it was the only time I could when he were asleep and then this his nurse rang up and she said another little boy in, in his school has been diagnosed and I think they're in the same class and they were but they're, they're a year there's different school years uh, but at times same class because it were a small school they mixed the year groups so we've got very good friends and still are to this day with this other family but now both boys are 14 they pick their own friends and like I said they are a school there's only six months in their age but Sam is in the younger school year and because of Covid as well the school years aren't mixing even at dinner time you, can, you know it's like one section of school per year group and they're not allowed to leave that section so he wouldn't have the opportunity to see this other kid at school. We could meet up with them out of school, we, you know, we would with each other like that, but it's just not happened. And I think it's just that they're older now and mum doesn't choose your friends. When we were younger, we could arrange play dates and days out. But I'll be honest, they're like chalk and cheese, these two kids. And, you know, they've got different interests and they're both very different. And maybe that can work as well, but at the moment he's not interested in meeting anyone who's diabetic. Um, and because it would need my involvement, he'd say, Mum, no, you're only taking me because I've got type 1. You know, he almost sees it as my labelling him if I says, come and meet my friend's child who's your age and has just got diagnosed. No, no, you're only taking me because you're labelling me. He sees it like that at the moment. But I do think peer support is the most important thing, both for the person with diabetes and parents or other loved ones. I think it's harder for me that he was young when he got diagnosed because I fully understand everything that it entails. I think had he been, say, away at university or something, I don't know if I'd understand it in as much detail as I do. I'd obviously read up on it, but I think because I've... Being the person that, you know, I didn't work for a few years after we were diagnosed and I had to go into school on a very regular basis, like sometimes two and three times a day because school wouldn't ketone test. And I think because I've done seven, eight, nine tests a day and he had good control and every single thing that went in his mouth got carb counted, because he has had that uh, level of involvement that's what I strive to get now um, and I have to accept that he's probably not going to do seven tests a day and you know three or four might be good enough and only carb counting meals might be good enough if he has an odd pack of crisps or a banana and he doesn't test that's okay so yeah but I think had he been say 20 21 when he got diagnosed and he'd already left home I wouldn't have that comparison because he'd have always done it himself. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, I think I've had to learn that being perfect with it 
isn't important. You don't have to be perfect all the time. And that's what I tried to do for a few years. I tried with, he did have an Omnipod for a while and his average number of tests was seven each day. So we were actually testing seven times a day on average and doing the corrections and, you know, the Omnipod delivering insulin every time. And I think we had control, I think his control were around 50, 52 maybe, his A1C. Uh, so that did work for us, but he didn't want the Omnipod in end. He had it for two or three years and he'd had enough of it. And he'd get infections from when the cannula were in constantly and he, he just got fed up. So it's his choice and he chose to come off it. But I think I tried to get back to where we were for the first few years after diagnosis and realistically you know maybe maybe that's not even needed you've got to get on with life as well and let you know not don't let diabetes take over just let it sit there in background and not don't let it dominate your life you've got to get balanced right if that makes sense absolutely thanks for listening to this bite-sized episode of the insulin podcast and if you want to listen to the full episode you can check it out in the description chat to you soon